Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through his word and through his presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, I am going to give just a friendly reminder on the importance of kindness. Again, this may not seem like a tip or trick, quote unquote, to help us establish the habit of Bible reading and prayer, but I do believe that this is an effect of Bible reading and prayer. One of the effects of us daily being in the presence of God is that he rubs off on us. His character rubs off on us. And over time, the fruit of the Spirit is produced in our life and made manifest to those around us. And as we all know, one of the things that this world is so desperately in need of is kindness. And not just human kindness, though that's important, but kindness that flows from Jesus through us to this lost and dying world. We're instructed in Scripture to be kind one to another, to be tender-hearted, and to have a forgiving spirit. And kindness, again, is a fruit of the spirit. And kindness is Christian. If we are apostolic believers filled with the spirit of God, we should be the absolute kindest people that those in our circle know. Again, not contrived kindness, but a kindness that flows from our connectedness to Jesus. And that's what Bible reading and prayer does. It helps us plug, just like a cord has to be plugged into an outlet, how Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to plug our little branch into the vine. We have to plug our little extension cord into the outlet. That's what happens when we, again, prioritize his presence. And there's a few things about kindness. I believe that kindness changes lives because kindness opens doors of ministry. Kindness is going to be the tangible thing that this world is looking for, that attracts them to Jesus and to the Jesus in us. So again, I believe kindness changes lives because kindness is going to open doors of ministry. Kindness helps others get through difficult seasons. I can personally attest that I have had such perfectly timed moments of kindness in my life that have scraped me up off the ground and given me grace to just keep going and strength to keep going. And again, I believe God channeled that kindness to me through his body and through other people. Next, I believe God repays the kindnesses that we show to others. We never are kind to receive kindness in return, but it's a natural effect Um, There's a law, a principle in the word of God called the law of reciprocity that we reap what we sow. And there's a verse in Hebrews that, that says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed to his name in that you minister to the saints and do minister. And when we are kind to others, God takes note of that. He marks it down and he repays 
the kindnesses that we have showed to others. My life has been so marked by the kindness of others, kind words, kind acts, kind gestures. And just very quickly, I want to just mention a couple of things. Again, sort of just as a tangible example of kindness that I've received. Again, I could list kind deeds of others for days and not exhaust the list because people have been so gracious and so generous and so encouraging in my life. But again, these are just a few tangible examples. A few years ago, actually a number of years ago, my kids were much younger. I was very sick in bed for several days. My husband was out of town and I had a friend who came and woke me up in my bed and she had hot tea for me. And she had made Campbell's tomato soup and grilled cheese for my kids. That kindness has left such an indelible mark on me. So simple, but so thoughtful and so meaningful. When I was in a very low spot in my life many years ago, I received a card from someone who was very encouraging told me that God wasn't done with me, that God was a forgiving God. I don't even remember everything they said, but I remember where I was when I opened that card. I remember the presence of God washing into the vehicle that I was sitting in. I remember what the card looked like. And that little note card that someone took time to write to me made such a difference in my life. Last year, my family had three quarantines because, of course, we all got COVID at separate times unfortunately. And so six weeks locked in a house was a little bit challenging. And there were people who dropped off donuts. There were people who dropped off pie. There were people who, again, dropped off flowers, were just so kind and so sweet and so generous. And those little bursts of sunshine in the middle of that dark season were so, so uplifting. Throughout the last six plus years as I've worked on a book called Unedited, I have had some very low moments along the way, times where I was ready to abandon the project because it has not been simple and I didn't know what I was doing and I would get very discouraged and just feel very intimidated by the enemy telling me it wasn't worth it and it was too simple and too unlikely to ever touch anybody. And I have a particular friend who her cards would be so perfectly timed when I needed a word from God to go on, to continue on. I would get home and have a card in my mailbox and I would determine that I could still go on and still do it. Those cards were a word fitly spoken in my life. They were an act of kindness And I'm so grateful for them. My father-in-law passed away, sadly, about 10 years ago. And we had been out of the country on a missions trip for two weeks. And then we had been out of town for three weeks, exactly on the heels of that trip. Because he had fallen sick very suddenly, very unexpectedly, and sadly ended up passing away. We ended up having a funeral, and it was just a long stretch of four to five weeks out of town. And when we came home, we had a stack of money on our counter and a stack of cards and groceries in our refrigerator. And I will never forget those acts of kindness. And again, I could go on 
for a long time talking about things that people have done, encouraging words, encouraging phrases, a thing after thing that people have done. But I just share those tangible examples because kindness has impacted my life and I'm sure kindness has impacted your life and I'm sure your kindness has impacted others. And I just want to give us a reminder of the importance of kindness And again, that kindness is going to open doors of ministry and draw others to Jesus. And not only has my life been impacted by the kindness of other people, but my life has certainly been marked by the kindness of Jesus. And it has been his kindness that has led me to repentance. It has been his kindness and his patience and his gentleness that has been so good to me and kept me through the years. And this world at large needs kindness. It needs compassion. They need us to be an extension of Jesus. And I believe that there are long-term ramifications to kindness and that it is impossible to understand the full effects of kindness until we reach eternity. And so just again, a friendly reminder Let's be looking for opportunities to shine our lights, as Jesus said, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's be looking for opportunities to show kindness to those that are hurting, to those that are questioning, to those that are battling fear and anxiety and depression, to those who don't know Jesus and everything that he's given us. Today's unedited entry is called Kindness is Powerful, and All week, I had just been feeling to talk about kindness, and there was a particular entry I was thinking of, and I had no idea when I wrote it. I kind of thought I had the general idea, but I looked for it several times, could not find it. And I will tell you, finding a journal entry is a little bit like looking for a needle in a haystack because I have 45 to 50 full journals and, again, a needle in a haystack. And so the other morning, after I had looked twice, I just, I had a little stack of journals on the counter and I grabbed them and I just said, Jesus, can you please help me find this journal entry? And wouldn't you know, it was the first page that I opened up to. And so I felt that was a confirmation that this is what I was supposed to talk about today. And so without further ado, today's unedited entry, Kindness is Powerful. This morning, I began to read Ruth 3 and was almost immediately broken by the scriptures. There is such unselfishness on display throughout this story, such preferential treatment of others, kindness so clearly on display. It is incredibly moving. Kindness is woven so beautifully throughout the story, but there are two particular pieces that popped off the pages today. In chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Boaz, the hero of the story, shows some very preferential treatment to Ruth, the heroine. In verse 10, we see a beautiful picture unfold. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, a stranger? Boaz's response is so telling as to the impact of personal kindness and loyalty. Kindness is powerful. And Boaz said unto Ruth, It has been fully showed to me all that you have done unto your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your nativity and you are come to a people which you did not know before 
The Lord recompense your work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust. Heart eyeball emoji here. I love that line. It was Ruth's kindness to Naomi that first caught Boaz's attention and caused him to take note. Her kindness toward Naomi earns her a permanent place in his field, chapter 2, verse 8, protection from the male laborers, chapter 2, verse 9, water whenever she is thirsty, drawn by the young men, chapter 2, verse 9, an invitation to lunch, chapter 2, verse 14, which there were also leftovers from, and a command to his servants to even allow her to glean among the sheaves, chapter 2, verse 15, and to intentionally leave behind handfuls of purpose for her, chapter 2, verse 16. The New Living Translation says, Let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. Boaz had merely heard of Ruth's kind, loyal, and sacrificial acts towards Naomi, but that was enough to evoke generosity and benevolence. At the end of the day, she is able to take an ephah, which is about three-fifths of a bushel of barley, home to her mother-in-law because of Boaz's returned kindness. In verse 20, after Naomi sees the generosity Boaz had displayed to Ruth, she proclaims the kindness of God over Boaz. Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not left off his kindness to the living and the dead. She reveals to Ruth that he is near of kin to us. A kinsman at that time was the one who had legal obligation of caring for the wives and families of close relatives who were deceased. The Hebrew word is goel. And I read this in the Archaeological Study Bible. At heart, it is the ex- an exceedingly gracious word. It refers to the next of kin who possesses the right to take on whatever need may have overwhelmed his kinsman or kinswoman. We see it at its best human form here in the book of Ruth and at its highest form when our Lord himself is called Argoel in Isaiah 43, 14. Wow. The plot of this beautiful story thickens. Ruth continues to work in Boaz's field until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest. Her kindness had opened the door for her and Naomi's immediate physical needs to be cared for. Chapter 3 opens in another beautiful display of kindness. Naomi says to Ruth, My daughter, I must seek a home for you so you will be provided for. Naomi unselfishly considers Ruth's future and security. Naomi knows she will not always be around and looks to find a safe and secure future for this sweet girl whose loyalty and kindness had cost her all she had previously known. Naomi begins to plot a bold and potentially scandalous plan. She gives Ruth instructions to non-verbally ask Boaz to fulfill his role as kinsman, kinsman redeemer and marry her. Though the plan would seem to p- potentially forward, Ruth's response to Naomi is, All thou sayest unto me I will, not, I will do. She does not second-guess Naomi or rearrange things to make herself look better. She simply follows Naomi's designs. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all her mother-in-law's bidding. Chapter 3, verse 6. I will not get into all the details of the story here because it is its own beautiful scene. But we see Ruth uncover Boaz's feet after he falls asleep following the harvest party and laid herself down by them. 
And then it says this, And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who are you? And she said, I am Ruth, your handmaiden. Speak, or spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaiden, for thou art near of kin. And he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have showed more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. I am not going to try to dissect on a deep theological level the exact reasons why Boaz inter- interprets Ruth's actions as even greater kindness than she has already shown. I'm sure there is so much more in the text that I don't understand or see, but he clearly states, You have showed more kindness as you followed not young men, whether rich or poor. Verse 10. Clearly, Ruth could have pursued someone younger, maybe more attractive, someone more at her season of life, but Ruth showed kindness by quickly and concisely following Naomi's instructions. Ruth displayed kindness by honoring Hebrew tradition and customs that she, as a Moabitess, was not required to follow and probably did not understand. And Ruth showed kindness in not pursuing youth, something which would have been more attractive for her. Boaz now says, And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do all that you require. The story continues, and we see Boaz and Ruth married and giving birth to a baby boy. After the baby is born, the ladies of Bethlehem say to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has provided a Redeemer for our family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Ruth's kindness became her reputation. Ruth's kindness brought healing to Naomi. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him, and she cared for him as her own. The neighbor women came and said, Now at last Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. Ruth's kindness brought a sweet ending to Naomi's bitter story. Kindness is powerful. It was Ruth's kindness that first caught Boaz's attention and opened the door for her and Naomi's physical needs to be met. It was her kindness toward him that became the unfolding of a beautiful love story that so beautifully foreshadows the love story of Christ and the church. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Ultimately, Ruth's kindness made her the great-grandmother of King David. Her kindness was the thing that saw a poor Moabite widow scripted into the lineage of Jesus himself. Her kindness allowed God to write her in as a key player in his master plan of redemption. Now that is pretty incredible. Last night as I was driving home, God reminded me that Ruth's kindness was expensive kindness. This was not take cookies to the neighbor across the street kindness though God does honor kindness on every level. This was costly, lay down all your hopes sort of kindness. The initial kindness and loyalty she had showed to Naomi early on in the story required that she leave behind all that was familiar and comfortable. She had left the land of her birth. She had left family. Her kindness caused her to cling to Naomi and leave behind the gods she had previously served. Ruth had said in chapter 1, verse 16, Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. 
Ruth's kindness came with a high price tag, but in the end, Ruth discovered that kindness also pays high dividends. No act of kindness goes unseen by God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. He knows the sacrifices behind the kindnesses we choose to display, and he will reward. Maybe here, maybe in eternity, but he will. He is a kind God who notices kind deeds. Kindness is powerful. Thank you for bearing with my tears. Sometimes God just ministers to me as I read. Again, I just wanted to remind you of the effects of your kindness in this lost and dying and broken world. We are called to be kind. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And he is revealed through us in ever-increasing amounts as we daily give him access to our hearts and to our lives. And so again, thank you so, so much for joining me for this journey. I'm so glad to have you here. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit megunedited.com. For now, go grab your journal, your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday.